Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. That, um, that mask thing, though, right? But you know what? I'm not going to lie. Don't judge me. I, I still am going to wear it certain places. Certain places. You know, so if we see people not wearing, wearing, just don't give them a hard time. You don't know what's happening, you know. Um, maybe they're trying to save you because maybe they're not feeling 100%. You know what I mean? So just, just have grace for each other. It's fine if you want to wear it. It's fine if you don't wear it. Um, that's your preference. Because yesterday I went shopping and I was just like, I still wore it because it felt weird not to. You know, plus I didn't have lipstick. So I just went, <laughs> we got to, you know, do whatever we got to do. But um, yeah, so just feel comfortable. You know, if you wear it, fine. If you don't wear it, that's fine too, okay? We have a couple of announcements, especially because there's some people that maybe this is your first time here, like ever. Through the glass doors, we have our fellowship hall. That is where there's a kitchen. You can purchase breakfast. I believe this morning we have local mocos for purchase and um, a well that they sell smoothies and bagels and muffins. Also, let's see, what else? In the resource center, that's where you can purchase Bibles or books. Um, if you want to just read more about the Lord, or they even have this really cool thing that I got from my friends. It's like, you know, word search. Remember word search where you circle the, the words and the puzzles? And it's Christian kind. I mean, they have different things in there. So just kind of go check it out if you've never been in there, okay? Our life stage ministry we have for from nursery babies all the way up to high school. So if you have families, you can take your kids in there. We also have, um, oh, before I forget, because I forgot first service new breakfast line okay so after service is done we open up the regular doors to go out but then we're going to open up the second glass doors and pastor pauline i believe will be there today to kind of guide you guys because we're trying to practice i know there's like not a lot of you here today but we're predicting that as you know as it goes on and for easter is like one of our busiest services of the year that there will be more people so we're trying to practice how to stand in line without blocking that door so people can leave so what we're going to do is she's you're going to walk out and she's going to direct you and the line's going to come back in here um, if it gets that long okay so that and then tonight our one minute our one mission ministry is meeting for the first time again 7 30 p.m here at the church um, it's for young adults 18 to 30 learning more about the lord and the walk with him and also giving them opportunities to participate in outreach uh, projects that they do so that's happening tonight we have our Palm Sunday and Easter services coming up April 10th and the 17th, which we have these wonderful, lovely invites that you can pick up at the Information Center or on the tables on the way out the doors. They come with this fancy thingamabobby. What is it called again? QR code. QR code. I always forget. Okay, because I'm not real tech savvy, but apparently when you open up your camera on your phone and you Take a picture, you scan it, it'll come up, it'll open everything for you. So take this and go invite your friends or your family um, to our Easter services, okay? We also have our worship night, which is called Revive Us in the middle of the week on April 13th. It's a Wednesday evening, 6.30 p.m. We get to celebrate the Lord and just get all revved up for Easter. So that's what, that's what is coming up, okay? If you have any more questions, you can come see us after service or just look on our app or our website and it'll give you more information. So today, we are talking about, guess what? The Lord, yay, okay, big surprise. But you know how you, you come to church and you hear people say, oh, Lord, make me more like you, or, you know, Christians are supposed to be Christ-like. 
well, what does that look like? Like, how do we know if we're on the right path, if we're doing what we say we should be doing? Are we being more Christ-like? And so it made me think of this game that I was playing. I like to play games on my phone, okay? But it's called Spot the Difference. Any, anybody else play that game, Spot the Difference? Thank you. One other person. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Spot the Difference is they put two almost identical pictures next to each other, and you got to see, like, pick out what is different. Some are obvious, and some are, you know, like, you really got to look at the difference. So this is what I'm talking about. Right here. Can you guys spot four differences from the picture on the left to the picture on the right? Yep, the yellow one on the top. Okay. Yeah, the blue in the middle is supposed to be red. You're right. Okay. What else? Yes, the small green four. See? Very good. There's one more, though. And I, I lost it. Where is it? Okay, let's go to the next picture and see if they got it. Yeah, good job. Good job. You guys, I can tell you guys play this game a lot. I can tell. Okay, next one. One more. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The cups, okay, on the top. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Matt. The pot. Let's see. The pot was missing. You was right. Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, okay. All right. So spot the difference. That's how we spot the difference. But when you play that game, you notice you don't just look at the picture once and then go doom, 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 doom. Unless you have a photographic memory, which I don't. <laughs> so to play that game, you look back and forth. You look at this picture, and then you look back at the other picture. Oh, yeah, here's the difference. Okay, then you look back at the other picture. And so when we say to be Christ-like or we need to be more like Jesus, we can't just read about him one time. We can't just talk about him one time. We can't just pray to him one time. It has to be an ongoing thing where if we want to be more like Jesus, we always got to refer back to Jesus. We always got to look and gauge, like, how are we doing? Like, we'll never be perfect like Jesus because he's Jesus, but we can try to be better. We can try to be more like him. And so when we spot the differences in our lives, the only way we do that is if we always look back at Jesus. You know, you heard the same. When I first started coming to church, I heard the same. WWJD. What would Jesus do? I didn't have any clue what that was. And then I was like, what is that? Okay, I know LOL. What is, laugh out loud. What is, what is WWJD? And they said, what would Jesus do? Well, how do we know unless we always refer back to him? What would Jesus react to? How would he act? How would he speak? How would he treat people? And so this is what we do as a community. Together, we can try to learn to be more like Jesus. And so that's going to be our first point for today is we need to spot the difference between our ways and Jesus's ways. And that way, we need to look. We need to look at his ways. What was Jesus like? How did he... he relate to other people? How did he preach the gospel? How did he treat other people? Like the game, we go back and forth. Like his life, we always got to refer back to him. And then we, can, then we can spot the differences. 
And we know why Jesus was sent. He was saved. To, he was sent to save, right? But how did he come? And so we look at one of the most popular verses of all time, John three sixteen. But we're going to go on to seventeen, and it says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish." But have everlasting life and then it goes on to say for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he came not to condemn but to save to me that just speaks love you know love a youth in our church asked me recently she's a senior in high school and she asked me what piece of advice could you give me and i said there's so many you're 17, what do you know? No, I didn't say that. I, she, and so I asked her, like, what do you mean, like, in life in general? And the first thing that popped into my head was, love God, love people. Because that is what I try to remember every day. Love God, love people. You know, when you're in the store, and you're waiting in this long line, and somebody's in the front taking forever, it's like, cat, love God, love people, stop it. Or you're in traffic, somebody cuts you off and then they go slow cat love god love people i have to say it like that and it's not just a catchy phrase it's it's biblical right so in, in matthew 22 36 through 40 you know the, they were asking jesus about the commandments which is the most important right so they said teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commit, uh, commandments. Love God, love people. Because I cannot remember that whole thing. So if I'm in traffic and somebody cuts me off, I'm not going to go, Teacher, what is, what is the greatest commandment of them all? You know, I'm just going to go, Love God love people cat love god love people when my husband or my kids or love god love people even them love god <laughs> love people you know and that it you'll be more like jesus because that's what he says to do we need to spot the difference the differences between our actions and those of jesus not to condemn you know where we see like don't look at yourself and go oh well i fail here 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 you know, that's not what he would want us to do. Just look at, well, you know, I could improve here. I could do better here. I could be more like Christ if I was more like this. You know, and, and keep looking back and forth. You know, some differences are going to be so obvious. Like, oh, yeah, that's my number one thing. I get the hardest time. And then some differences are going to be small. They're going to be smaller. You got to, like the game, you got to take some time and really look. And that's fine. A difference is a difference, whether small or big. And Jesus, he, he sets the bar, right? He sets the bar on how we are to be, how we are to, to act, how we are to treat each other in this community. In John 1, 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of grace, came with truth, he was gracious to those who criticized him, who opposed him. They questioned him, ridiculed him. I mean, how many of us would be gracious to people that was criticizing us all the time, following us around, questioning everything we do, everything we say? Would we be able to be like, 
I'm praying for you. God bless you. And really mean it. And really mean it. You know, because sometimes when somebody criticizes us, like, you know, you did this to make me upset. Our first response, well, mine. Well, you did this. And then it's like, ooh, oops, fail. Because we're human. We're human. But the Lord doesn't want us to condemn ourselves and go, cat, give up already because you're never going to be like me. No, we keep trying. Because if we call ourselves Christians, we want to be more Christ-like. We want to be more loving. We want to be more gracious. We want to be more like him. I mean, he was on the cross, and he prayed on our behalf. Forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. That's crazy. I want to be more like that. I want to strive to be more like that. He came with truth. He still... No matter if they doubted him, he still, he preached the gospel, he spoke the truth, but he did it with love. So how are we supposed to be like Christ? In Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. He walked in complete love for all that all would be saved not just the nice ones not just the ones that stand and wait their turn for all he wanted all to be saved and he didn't come and yell at them like hey i'm the messiah you believe in me or else believe in me i'm gonna smite you he came with love and he wanted all to be saved not just his friends and i i thought about this and i'm reading this book with a couple of my friends it's called mama bear they sell it in the Resource Center. It's actually a book on how to talk to your children about being a Christian in today's society with technology and peer pressure and all that stuff. It's a really good book. And I actually found this quote in the book, and I was like, hey, this is not only good for children, but it's good for, for anybody. But it says, do not be mistaken. A person can be absolutely in the right, yet be totally obnoxious about it. Our goal is for God's truth to be the aroma of Christ, not the stench of self-righteousness. Ooh. How, how well would our children or people that we want to invite to church receive if we're like, well, I'm saved. You're not. You're going to hell. You know, it's like, no. 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 Don't be the stench of self-righteousness. We come with love like Jesus did. Just because we know God it doesn't mean that we're better than them. It should make us want to be better in general, better and better. When we accept Jesus into our, into our hearts as our Lord and Savior, we are made holy in his eyes. What he did for us on the cross, we are now partnered with God through his Son. We are now called to live like his son, like Jesus. So we come to the Father, who is God, through the Son, who is Jesus, and now, because we accept him, we have the Holy Spirit, because the three are one, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. So the Holy Spirit is our guide. You know when you're walking around and you're like, you want to snap at somebody and you feel that, no, you shouldn't do that. Or you're like, you just got into a big argument and you feel that you should go apologize. What? No, I don't want to do that. You should go apologize. That's Holy Spirit stuff right there guiding you to do what you know you should do. Does it to me all the time. Whenever I argue with my husband and I'm right, you know. 
whatever, cat. See, right there, I felt the shh, cat. Mm. That's the Holy Spirit going, mm, girl. <laughs> okay. But what is the Holy Spirit like? So we read in Galatians 5, 22 through 26, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, meaning we die to our old selves. Since we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. You ever was jealous of somebody or they got the newer phone, they got a new house, they got a new job, they got the promotion, you didn't. You weren't happy for them. It's human. But let us recognize it and go, Lord, help me to not do that. Help me to, thank you for bringing that to the surface, but help me to not be like that. You know, in our denomination, Foursquare, that's what we're called, Foursquare, we believe that there is a way to live that makes a huge difference in our relationship to God for ourselves, um, for others. And when we are living the life that God wants us to live, then we are living happy, strong, healthy and courageous lives and we can be true blessings to each other and to our community when we are living the life that God wants us to live this pleases God because that's how Jesus lived and as we are on this journey to be more of a blessing in our community we need to surround ourselves with other godly people that are also wanting to be Christ-like to um, be with us you know, like when we played the game, spot the difference, some differences we were like, I don't see it. I don't even know what they're talking about. But then when you hear other people playing along, like the pot, there's, there's only one pot. Oh, yeah, okay. It's faster, and it's more accurate because you have help. So when you have a community of people with you, then you can do it together. And do it with people that, that you trust, that are godly people, that... that you know have your best interests. So number two, our, our second point is spot the difference with people you trust. We need to look at the differences in our lives. Today from yesterday, not to condemn, but to spot growth. If there is no difference, then ask yourself, why is that? Like openly and honestly with yourself. And then surround, accomplish it with people that you trust that you know have your best interest at heart. Because, you know, I have, like, not only my husband, who will be really honest, but I have people like, like Pastor Bunny and Pastor Marsha. Real blunt people. <laughs> Just kidding, you guys. Love you. Love you guys. <clears throat> but I have my sister, my brother-in-law. They're very honest. But I know that they love me, and they have my best interest in heart, and they have my permission to speak into my life. And when there's correction needed, they correct me. They encourage me. And I know that they're saying it not to criticize me, but because they care for me. And then I have, like, you know, Pastor Pauline and Pastor Lynn that I go and I pick their brain, I ask for advice, because, you know, they're the nice ones. I mean, they're really gracious. But I know that they, they care about me. So surround yourself with a community of people that, that have your blind spots, you know, a fresh pair of eyes that maybe you're just overlooking. Maybe you've grown and you don't even see it, but they will. And they can be encouragement to you. So just make sure that you find people that, that you can do life with. Our third point is spot the difference between now and the future you. 
the future you? What do you want to be? What do you feel like God is calling you to be? But you're not there yet. Take some time to ask the Lord. Like, when you think about your future you, like, okay, so this one time, um, we had a really, really hectic week here at the church. It was like we had a youth camp. It was legacy camp. We had 400-whatever students running around the campus. Ah! And we were, like, going crazy, okay? We're cooking. We're doing things. It was crazy. And it was towards the end of the week, and I'm weary. I'm tired because, you know, I'm a little bit older than our youth, so I have a harder time keeping up just a little bit. And so what I did was, knowing that I was going to have a really, really, really long day, I went to Hilo Rice Noodle, because that's my go-to place. <laughs> and I ordered my favorite things. I got my garlic eggplant, my crispy noodles, my salt and pepper shrimp. Sound good? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I got all my favorites. I brought it up here. I put it in my office. And then I wrote a note to myself. Basically, it said something like, Dear future me, you've had a long week. Good job getting everything done. Take a break when you're done. You've made it. Here's your favorite meal, love, from past you. So silly, but so simple. But I tell you what, though, when my day was done, and I'm like so tired and starving, I walk, and I went into my office, and I seen the plate, and I read the note. And although it's, it sounds silly because it was me who wrote it, it lifted my spirit. I invested in my future me because I knew what I was going to want later. So take some time to invest in yourself, to think about, okay, Holy Spirit, guide me. Show me what, what way should I go? What do I need to improve on? What do I want to be? And it won't be easy. Life isn't easy, right? But the Holy Spirit is here to guide us, to be our helper, to strengthen us, so we need to go for it, and we need to know that it's not going to be an easy path. Nothing worthwhile is easy. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Ask yourself, self, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be strong and courageous? Do you want to be a blessing to others? Do you want to be an asset in this community? What do I need to do? And maybe, maybe right now, this moment, you're like, ugh, but I'm not living in the best circumstances. Things are not going good. I don't feel like being a blessing to anybody because things are not going the way I want it to. Well, like the runners that are training for the prize, they're not just running and it's too hard. Like true runners that train, they train. They train. They not only run the race, but they buy the good shoes, and they wear the comfortable clothing, and they eat right, 
and they get rest, those who are serious about training boxers, they're not just like, no, they're training and they're doing it with other people who are better than them to keep them sharp because they want to get the prize. So it's not going to be easy. And it's so easy to get discouraged sometimes from doing what is godly because the world is so much easier sometimes. Snap when somebody cuts you off, right? It's so much easier to stay mad than to have to go and now and apologize. But in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Not, not my will, because my will, I fail. Not my will, I get tired. Not my will, I get impatient. I get discouraged. So let it be God's will that I do. I was talking with Pastor Lynn, and she said this. No matter what life circumstances are, you're not exempt from being Christ-like. No matter what life circumstances are, no matter how bad things may be, you are not exempt from being Christ-like. Because we have accepted the Lord, we have Christ living now in us. We are not exempt from living like him, for trying to be better. When I think about bad circumstances, I think about Joseph in the Bible. For those of you who are not familiar with Joseph, Joseph, basically, in a nutshell, he was favored, and he was um, envied by his brothers. And so they took Joseph one day, and they sold him to slavery. Okay? That's not good circumstances, if I ever heard him. Okay? But Joseph, he was a man for God, and he would seek God in all circumstances. And he kept the faith, and he kept the love, and he kept that courage in the Lord. And he went on to become one of the most powerful men in Egypt. He was right under the Pharaoh, and he ran things for the Pharaoh. And then his brothers one day had to come because there was a famine throughout the land. His brothers, the ones that sold him, came to him asking for food. And this is what he said. Genesis 45, 7 through 8, it says, And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So Joseph, by following the ways of the Lord, by the Holy Spirit living in him, he saw God in everything. He saw God in the worst circumstance. He knew that it was God's will for him to be there, that he would be healthy, happy, strong, courageous, and a blessing to other people. A blessing. So when things get hard, we need to seek God, and we need to spot the differences and what is happening in our lives. Where can I be more like, like the Lord? And how? We've, we find God. We read the Bible. In James 1, 2-5, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, Who gives generously to all without finding fault? And it will be given to you. The Lord will give it to you. He will, if you ask, Lord, help me be better, to be more... How? And how? 
And then the difference is to now you know to do something about it. There's a difference between knowing, spotting the difference, and now doing something about it. You know, I was watching this really holy show on Netflix. Okay, it wasn't really holy. <laughs> it's NCIS, okay? It's my, <laughs> it's my favorite show. But I heard a quote that I thought was really cool, and it said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And I was like, huh. In order for us to grow, we need to spot what needs to be done and then move on it. Do it. Tell, you know, because we can, we can tell somebody about it. We can receive it. But if we don't do it, it doesn't get done. In Matthew 21, 28 through 31, it says, but what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it, and he went. Then he went to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. You can have the right answer. You can have the best attitude. But if you don't do anything about it, you still didn't obey. My son, one day, I told him, Okay, make sure you cut the grass because I don't want anybody else to do it. I want you to do it. It's your job. You do it. And he was like, okay. Didn't give me grief about it. So I walked away. Okay, awesome. Hours later, he didn't do it. Do you think that I was happy about that? Just because he didn't give me grief, just because he had every good intention on doing it, he didn't do it. So therefore, it didn't get done. So we have to, we have to do the action once we know. Otherwise, it makes no sense. So, you guys have homework. Yay! I know how much you guys love the word homework. Basically, Ask the Lord, you know, spot the differences. What is it that, that you've grown and what is it that you want your future you? So you're going to write a letter like how I did, maybe not as corny, <laughs> but you can write it and say, dear future me or dear whatever your name is, you can put your name, whatever, and say, on this date, I asked the Lord and this is a couple of things that we need to work on. Don't condemn yourself, okay? Like say and give yourself like a praise report like, hey, you've come this far by changing this, but in the future, I would like these couple of things to, to change. And here's how we're going to do it. Whether it's we're going to read the Bible more, we're going to join a small group, we're going to um, ask people to mentor me, whatever it is, you write down and you say, you can do it. You are a beloved child of the Lord. And then sign it, love, past you, or whatever you want to put tuck it away, keep it safe, tuck it away, somewhere that you'll look at it maybe six months from now, maybe a year from now, I don't know, somewhere safe like, I, like with your taxes <laughs> or something, you know, something that you have to look at later on in the year, like put it there, but keep it safe and then read it later and then don't condemn yourself again, but look and see, oh, look, I did do these things or, oh, I forgot about that, I need to work on this. 
because we can always be better and better. That's what the Lord wants for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for showing us by example how to live. Thank you for showing us your heart, your grace, your truth, your honesty, your compassion, your kindness, your forgiveness, your mercy on us, your self-control, Lord. Continue to bless us and help us to spot the differences between us and you and for us to strive to be more like you and then for us to become more like you, to do whatever it takes to be more like you. And then we can be healthy and strong and happy, courageous. We can be blessings in this community, Lord. But it's only if we spot the differences between us and you. So guide us. And we thank you. In your precious name we pray and we all say together, amen, amen. All right, you guys have a fantastic day. Don't forget, we have a different line. So Pastor Pauline is going to guide you guys on how to um, line up for the fellowship hall to eat. So the doors are going to open. And then she will direct you. Hopefully she'll be there. But it's going to go down the line, and then we're going to come back in the building. But other than that, I'll see you guys Wednesday evening at 6.30, or next week Sunday, 7, 8.30, and 10 a.m. Those of you online, thanks for joining us. Our home church online, we love you guys. Bye.